Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon forecast for July 9th, 2021. And so when this podcast posts, I always post my podcast on Friday, it will be a week from the second, meaning the new moon falls on a Friday. And when that happens, I always struggle. Should I wait to post the forecast? Should I go ahead and do it early? And ultimately, I like posting the forecast early because the truth is that we can usually feel the effects of the full and new moon about five days in advance anyway. So I think it's a little bit more helpful to have it in advance. And perhaps next week on the new moon itself, I'll post some ideas for new moon rituals or something like that. I haven't done that in a while. And so before we get started, I always like to give a little precautions for using my podcast. The first being I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. That means that if you follow the Western system of astrology, this is not going to sound correct. I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the astronomical placement of the planets at any given moment in time. And I do reside in Austin, Texas. So the time I use for the new moon is going to be central standard time. Time. And so looking at this new moon, again, it's going to take place on July 9th, 2021, around 7.27 p.m. And this new moon is going to take place in the sidereal sign of Gemini in the nakshatra of Punarvarsu. And Purnavarsu is one of these really auspicious nakshatras. It is one of, in my opinion, it's one of the most auspicious nakshatras. And the reason for that is that Purnavarsu literally means return of light. The nakshatras have a story. If you've listened to my nakshatra series, I share the story of the nakshatras. And if you're interested, go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on podcast. If you go to media and then podcast, I have the nakshatra playlist for you. But Punarvarsu comes after Ardra. Ardra is the storm god. And recently we had that full moon where the sun was in Ardra, the moon was in Mula, this really karmic connection. Ardra is the stormy nakshatra, is represented by a teardrop, it has to do with destruction. After Ardra comes Purnarvarsu, which is the return of the light, it's the calm after the storm. And Aditi literally translates into limitless or boundless. I've also heard the goddess Aditi be compared to non-dualism and being undivided, which I think is really fascinating because the word Aditi is very similar to the word Advaita. And if you've studied with me before, you may have heard me talk about Dwaita. Dwaita and Advaita. And Advaita is this concept that the, ident the identity of the individual self is on the same grounds as Brahma. And so with that concept, Brahma is within rather than something that is outside of ourselves. Whereas with Dwaita, there is separateness. There, There's two because in Dwaita, 
again, the way that I was taught is that the highest quality that a human can experience is love. And in order to love, there has to be something to love, meaning there are two. So these are two really distinct branches in Sanantana Dharma between Advaita and Dwaita, which is non-duality and then duality. And then there are even more branches within that. It gets pretty deep pretty fast. But I just wanted to point out that parallel that it's really fascinating that Aditi and Advaita do have a similar ring to them, sound super similar. And Aditi is connected to this idea of being limitless and unbounded. And so Aditi is the goddess who is the mother of all. She is said to be the personification of the infinite. And when we think about the infinite, it is something that, again, it's limitless. It does not have an end. But within a limitless span of time, within an infinite span of time, there are always ups and downs. This is the concept of Purnarvarsu, is that things will be disruptive. This is the natural flow of the universe is that things are created, Brahma, things are preserved, Vishnu, things are destroyed, Shiva, okay? And so we will constantly be in this infinite cycle of birth and death. Things will come to us, we will receive opportunities, things will be good. And then there will be a time where we do experience loss, where things aren't as good, where things feel like a bummer. And it's very rare that we find someone where things are on a constant high or things are on a constant low. There are usually these fluctuations in between. And so I love Pornarvarsu because it is this reminder of when things are bad, when things are low. There is hope that there will be the return of the light, that things will become good again. And, you know, I keep on kind of bringing up these these different philosophies, but I do want to mention in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna does mention that we can't get too attached to the ups and downs. We can't get too attached when things are good or when things are bad. It's really about learning how to stay neutral. And with this state of neutrality, it's understanding that when things are good, we get to celebrate, we get to embrace it, but we have the understanding that destruction will come again, that things will go down again. When things are really bad, we can grieve, we can feel the pain, we can feel upset. This is part of our humanity. And we have to stay connected to the space of knowing that things will go back up, things will change. This is a temporary moment in time. And so it's not saying not to engage at all with the world, but Krishna is saying to to stay in this space of neutrality and balance despite things being good or bad and understanding this is the natural flow of life. And so again, all of this gets brought up for me when I think about Ardra and Purnarvarsu because this is it. Ardra is the destruction. Purnarvarsu is the return of the light. And another fascinating part of this new moon is that it is being aspected by Jupiter. Purnarvarsu is ruled by Jupiter. Now it's being aspected by Jupiter. And coming back to like what a new moon is and what the new moon is symbolic for. So the new moon is a time of setting intentions. The moon is completely dark. It's not revealing any light of the sun. You're not going to be able to find it anywhere in the sky. It's hiding. And it's said that in this phase, the moon is like a seed. 
And when we plant our intentions, as the moon begins to wax again, and light is added to the moon, it's almost like fertilization and watering for our intention to grow. And so with this new moon being in Gemini has the aspect of Jupiter, I think it really is an amazing time to focus on our achievements. You know, even if things have been difficult, if things have been rough, if we've experienced losses, focusing on our resiliency and what we've used, what tools we've used and resources we've used for resiliency, rather it be our family or our friends, different things in our life and different resources within ourselves. I think it's also a really positive time to look back on our lives and remind ourselves of when we overcame something challenging, you know, how we overcame it what it felt like to overcome it, and if any, what positive attributes were created because of that? How did it shape our lives for the better to have an obstacle that we were able to overcome? And of course, you know, there are circumstances in our lives where they happen and they're super difficult to reflect on and it's really difficult to see how any good of it how any good came from it at all and that's completely reasonable and I think that for the majority of us there are other obstacles that we can look back on in our life that we did overcome that we did benefit from that there was resiliency that was developed through overcoming those challenges and with that you know if you are struggling if there is an obstacle that you're trying to overcome reminding yourself that it is something that is attainable. It is possible to overcome this obstacle. It is possible to overcome this challenge. And setting any intentions around it with this full moon, I truly believe is going to be particularly auspicious because again, it's a new moon. It's a time to set an intention. It's in Purnarvarsu, which is giving us the opportunity to return towards the light. And of course, it's aspected by Jupiter, which is contributing to that positivity. And some other auspicious activities for Purnarvarsu. It's notoriously nice for traveling and exploration. It's really nice for anything that requires your imagination or creativity. Of course, it's wonderful for worshiping Aditi, <laughs> the goddess who, who rules over Purnarvarsu. It's good for marriage, good for education. It's good for starting anything new, starting new projects or activities. If you've entered a new relationship, if you happen to enter a new relationship, super auspicious for that, beginning anything anew, anything that needs to be renewed. If you've been in an argument or a fight and you've been wanting to mend it, I think that this is a wonderful opportunity to mend and come back together and start fresh. If there's been any miscommunication with a friend or a family member or anything like that that you've been wanting to mend, I think it's particularly auspicious. Of course, it's also wonderful for spirituality and meditation and spending time reflecting, right? Because the new moon is all about reflection and turning inwards. It's very yin. It's not the time to go out and do anything super crazy. It's not generally the time when energy is super ramped up. It's usually a time when energy is lower. And again, because it's the new moon, it's, it's an auspicious time to turn our attention inward, to spend time in meditation, to spend time in reflection. And so when we are looking at the rest of the night sky and pulling up the chart now, the first things that I see when I'm looking at the night sky as of now 
is that Mars and Venus are going Gandanta. And Mars and Venus are going to be mostly Gandanta between around July 14th to July 28th. And Gandanta is when planets are at the late degrees of a water sign and early degrees of a fire sign. So if we're thinking about the qualities of a water sign and then qualities of fire or water and fire, right? They're not super compatible. So when planets are crossing over that point between the water and fire signs, they're said to be in this Gandanta zone. And planets are very uncomfortable and very stressed when they're Gandanta. Venus, particularly, you know, Venus and Mars are having a hard time. Venus and Mars are both aspected by Saturn. They're both aspected by K2. Mars is debilitated. So Mars is already feeling so much pressure of this debilitation. When it's in these Gandanta points, it's really going to act volatile. It's really going to act angry. It's not going to be happy or settled. Okay. Venus as well. Venus is also going to go Gandanta. What I think is positive to watch out for what I think is helpful to watch out for is first of all with Mars Mars is indicative of the collective anger and how we are working with frustration and anger Mars is the warrior right it has to do with how we handle conflict and so because it's debilitated and because it will be Gandanta I do think that we will see a lot of volatility a lot of anger things really mishandled we've been seeing that already we've been seeing destruction around the world we've been seeing a lot of tension building I think it will continue to build I do believe that July is going to be I think it's going to be a pretty hot month um, literally and metaphorically Venus is our relationships and it's also our diplomacy. So I think that issues around diplomacy are going to be difficult. I don't think that people are going to be communicating as eloquently or as respectfully as usual. Like we'll see this in the media and things like that. And in our interpersonal lives, our relationships may be struggling. Our partner may be having a hard time. There may be miscommunications. There may be difficulties like this. So it is a time to be patient. It is a time to be mindful. If we ourselves are getting overtaken with this energy, I totally understand. It happens to the best of us. And as I keep on mentioning, this is a weather forecast, so we just need to be ready to dress accordingly. We know what types of energies are going to be stirring. We can work with those energies in a way that's positive for us. So just focusing on being mindful, <laughs> watching whenever you're getting escalated or dysregulated, trying not to act off of impulse. That's something else that Mars is going to do. It's going to be very impulsive and very quick. So whenever you feel that building, really trying to resist, really trying to, to regulate yourself and calm down because you may end up saying some things you later regret. You may end up doing things you later regret. It's not the best time to act off of impulse. And, you know, better days are definitely on the horizon. Like I was saying with Pernar Versu, this is what we need to focus on is that things around us may seem grim and it may seem scary and of course, you know, it's within reason to feel those emotions and also staying connected to the space of knowing that things will turn and things will get better. And we are such a critical part of that. Every single one of us has the power and the capacity to create genuinely a world of good. And I used to remind myself of this when I was working as a social worker, I would get really caught up in the world, right? I was working with refugees, I was working with individual clients, and I would ask myself, you know, I, I want to help this client, but how can I help the entire world? 
And what I had to remind myself so that I didn't go crazy is that when I help one person, I'm supporting them with their entire world. And so for us on an individual level, we have the power to really impact the entire worlds of other people on an individual basis, on a day-to-day basis. We get to determine how we interact with one another. Are we operating from a place of compassion and empathy and love? Are we willing to hear and hold space for others? How we treat others can have said a profound impact on their entire lives, which is their entire world. So don't get overwhelmed with trying to fix everything all at once, right? I think that it's amazing to have those goals. And I think it's amazing to care. And I'm not telling you not to. It's just I know that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are very open hearted and very empathetic and really and really wanting to change everything all at once. And understanding our limitations, right and and continuing to work and continuing to strive and focusing most importantly on what we can control in this present moment the impact that we can have in this present moment with the people around us we can truly change the world every day with how we choose to spend our money with how we choose to take action with how we choose to talk to people with the thoughts we choose to have so profoundly profoundly powerful and I don't think that it is intentionally set up this way, but we are in a world that's designed to distract us, right? With our smartphones and with our television and our radios, we're constantly being pulled out into the world. Our senses are constantly being pulled out into the world and our thoughts are altered by these external circumstances. So when we really choose to turn inward and we withdraw our senses and we pull it back into our heart center, into our space, and, and we take more control over the thoughts that we want to have and the opinions that we want to have and the goals that we want to have, magic really does begin to happen. And I remember when COVID was first happening, I was reminding everyone to please be mindful of the media and limit the time. I think it really is another time for that where we want to focus on self-care. There's definitely a place of staying responsibly up to date so that we know what's happening in the world and knowing when it's time to turn that off, give yourself some breathing room, you know, because if we're looking at despair and destruction constantly, it does make its way into our system, you know, through sensory impressions, it kind of integrates into our way of being into our thoughts and how they operate. So we need to take time to kind of dust ourselves off and come back to the trueness of who we are. And, and our thoughts and our opinions and our ideologies from that true space within our heart that we can really only find when we're quiet, <laughs> when we're quiet, when we're in nature, when we're sitting silently in meditation. For all of the time we spend on media, we should have the equal time without media <laughs> and just watch how your mind changes, right? And, and when we have time with ourselves in that way, when we take time away from these other sensory impressions and these other inputs we begin to reconnect with our creativity and and with our ideas you know taking time to read or taking time to draw or create just not spending so much time on these devices that um, are really trying to think for us and, and really trying to get us to feel a certain way and so I hope that this can help inspire you for the new moon it is the return of the light, new moon in Purnarvarsu. Maybe set some intentions to bring more light into your space, into your atmosphere, what that looks like and feels like. You know, maybe 
setting intentions not to look on your phone so much, maybe signing out of Instagram except for like two hours a day or only looking at the news in the evening or, you know, midday, probably midday. Um, just like putting some limits on these things so that you're not constantly bombarded because it is a really sensitive point in time and um, I know that it can be really stressful. But again, understanding that these are the cycles and we're all in this together and you and I have the ability to make a profound impact on the world around us every day. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you learned something new. I know that this is a shorter segment than usual. I do want to say, because I have some extra time, I posted this on my Instagram, I want to remind everybody that Vedic astrology is named Vedic astrology because it is from the lineage of the Vedas. And the, Vena, the Vedas are ancient texts in Sanantana Dharma, and the Rig Veda is the oldest recorded sacred text that we have. It's extremely sacred. Again, it, it predates all of their religious or spiritual texts. And Jyotish is the science of light. And Jyotish is a limb of the Vedas, which means it's used in addition to other Vedic practices. Vedic astrology or Jyotish is intended to support us on our path of self-realization. So if people are choosing to study Jyotish, I want to remind them of that and how important it is. And also, of course, paying homage to India and where this lineage came from, this beautiful science came from. And also, if you are studying Vedic astrology, it is profoundly helpful to also have a spiritual practice. Sadhguru, he has a quote and it says, don't try to fix the world around you, fix yourself so that no matter what happens, you'll be fine. And I think that when we study Jyotish without a spiritual practice, we can get caught up in trying to change the world. We get caught up in trying to change everything about our chart or prevent things from happening. And luckily, Vedic astrology does come with remedial measures and different things we can do to mitigate karma. But what spiritual practice does is it gives us the fortitude to understand that there are the fluctuations of life and the inner strength to know that no matter what happens, you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to overcome it. So when we have the remedial measures, when we have Jyotish and this profound ability to understand what's going to happen in our future, and then we also have the addition of spirituality to help guide us and support us on this path, this is when really magical things begin to happen. So I do like to encourage that. And I wanted to make sure that I was giving uh, proper credit where credit is due. So Jyotish is a limb of the Vedas. These are sacred texts used in Sanantana Dharma from ancient India. This is where all these practices come from. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you learned something new. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please become a patron at patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. And I'd love to see you on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.